without any further ado, would you guys please give a live spring welcome to Tim and Dana Wimberly. Good morning, church. Or should I say, Buna Dimanatza? Buna Dimanatza. That's good morning. That's good morning in Romanian. That's all I know so far. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm Tim. This is Dana. And uh, we're the Wimberleys. And we are so grateful to be here and to be with you guys. And uh, so you can take it away. So we just want to say thank you for the privilege of just letting us be here to Dan and to Mary, and um, it's just a a great privilege. I actually got to meet Mary. I was in the Women in Ministry Leadership cohort the same time she was, and uh, it was just a a great time. But anyway, we just wanted to share a little bit about us. So you can go ahead and put up the first picture. This is our tribe. So the Wimberleys, we have five boys. Yes. I still have hair left. Yeah. So, um, yes, and they have, uh, we have five amazing daughters now. They are all married, and our, our youngest uh, got married last, last August, and so we're done. We did it. Yes, and um, so this is our tribe. They are ages 32 to 23. You can go ahead and go to the next one. They're pretty cute. So these are our two oldest granddaughters. This is Peyton Joy and Haven. And um, they actually are from here in Washington. They live down in Olympia, and they are six and a half and almost five. And... um, yeah, see that cute little grin in the front? She is a little pistol. She's so, a pistol. Yep. Yeah. We pray for her mommy and daddy. <laughs> and, then, and then you can go to the next picture. This is our newest granddaughter. Yes, this is Kendall James, and she is, she'll be six months on the 23rd of this month. And so, um, yeah, she's one of our little miracle babies. So, um this is our tribe, and we are just uh, wanted to let you in on a part of who we are. Okay. Can you give her a hand? Can you go back to the uh, that family picture real quick for me? Yeah. Uh, My wife and I have been in vocational ministry. I've been in ministry since I got saved because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. But we've been in vocational ministry for almost 30 years, and and, uh, we've had the privilege to be a part of participating in a lot of really cool stuff. But I just want to tell you that that right there is the coolest thing I've ever been a part of. And, And the reason I say that is because I never thought I could have that because I never thought I was good enough and I thought I was headed for destruction and devastation. And so I never thought that I could have that. Can I just tell you, the devil is a liar. And he is so defeated. And you know that, don't you? 
But I, 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 I just want to say it because if you're here and maybe you would look at that and go, oh, boy, they're a perfect family. Just, just buy the book and you'll find out <laughs> how imperfect and unperfect I really am. And how, if you would have known me before I knew Jesus, you would have thought, never would this guy have this. But that's not the case. And these, these five boys who became men are not just men. They're men of God. And they are men of purpose and destiny. Um, it, it's, it's amazing. I could spend the whole service just starting to talk about them and who they are and what they're doing. But how many believe in discipleship? Can I just say, this is the greatest place of discipleship. But here's what I want to say, and I, I lost my train of thought, and now I'm back. <clears throat> is you might be sitting here, and you see that, and maybe your family is in destruction, or is blown up, or you feel unworthy, or you feel you can't do it, or maybe you feel like it's done or it's over. And I want to tell you, I don't care how old you are or how young you are, it ain't over. Because you're here, and you're breathing, and you're participating. And I just want to encourage you, don't you give up, and don't you quit. Don't you do it. If you're blowing it, own it. Take responsibility. Huh? Huh? And if you're winning, man, keep winning. And keep stay humble. <laughs> God's really good at doing that. Hello? I love feedback, so feel free. <clears throat> Can you feel my passion? Yeah, because, because I just believe in it. And I believe that, that the family is one of the, the biggest things that's being attacked in the world in which we live in. Can I tell you? It's not just here. It's all across the globe. And the opportunity... Listen, when, when we show our picture to, to people in other countries especially where we're presently living, they're blown away. They can't, one, one, they can't believe how big it is, except for the, the older generation, because they all came from big families. But now they're having maybe one kid, maybe two. Um, but this is, this is such a, uh, a door opener, and I use it all the time. I mean, just to, to show the picture of our family. It's, it's really quite, quite amazing what God does. So, anyway, I'm done there. I want to just say a few opening comments, and I'm going to, I'm going to share the word with you. Uh, my wife and I are FMI missionaries, Foursquare missionaries. We started in Cambodia. We were there for three years and thought we were going back. And our leaders uh, asked us if we would consider going to Romania, and we said no. No, actually we said yes, we'll go, thinking all along that we would not go. And so we went, and we got on the plane to leave, and we looked at each other and said, no, we're not going to go. And so we, uh, we came back to the States, and we were uh, getting ready to, to make our pathway back to um, Cambodia because we had spent our first three years. Three years is the longest period of time that we're allowed to commit to, and then we come back and make sure we're okay. I don't know if that's if we're okay, but, you know. <coughs> and uh, we came back. We said no about Romania, and then we were at a lunch together with some dear friends of ours, uh, and the, the Holy Spirit showed up. And he spoke to us simultaneously, separately. We walked out the door and I said, I need to talk to you. And she says, before you say a word, I need to tell you. And uh, this last March, we moved to Romania. 
and God is, uh, Foursquare is not present uh, in Romania. There's Foursquare people in Romania, but there's, but, but the church itself is not present, so we're kind of in a pioneering mode. Uh, we, we have a passion for young leaders. The city we live in is Cluj, Romania, and you can find it on a map. It's the northeast part of the, the, the country. Uh, it's the second largest city. Um, the population is about 500,000, but they have an additional 250,000 college students. And we found this little house right in the middle of it. <laughs> so we are in, in high, high pursuit of building relationships. Um, so many broken, hurting people, uh, especially church people, uh, because religion has devastated and chewed up and spit out, and young people just don't want anything to do with it. And so, but one thing they love is they love relationships, and they love to be asked how they are and what they're doing in their lives. Can I just tell you, I want to tell you real quick, uh, one thing is, please take this card and give it to somebody. And here's why I say that. One of the biggest things that we have learned while on the field is uh, being a missionary can be incredibly alone. Anybody here ever be feel alone as a missionary? Because we're all missionaries, yeah? Um, when you leave your home, it gets a little lonelier. But I will tell you this. We believe that God moves in divine ways. Hello? And we believe that every moment of every day that's given to us is a divine moment. And we have, have been given, I think, just a greater revelation of the people in our lives. Case in point, we were at an ice cream store. And, and just a little background. Romanians are very suspicious, and, and they, they want to know why you're doing what you're doing. For, for lots of reasons that I don't have a whole lot of time for. But they, they are. They're just suspicious. Um, they've been oppressed. They've been broken and hurt for so long. But uh, we're at an ice cream store because I love ice cream. And uh, we're, we're at this ice cream store, and this young couple comes in. She's, she's about to deliver a baby. You can just, I mean, she is really pregnant. And we walk, they, they walk in, and I said, hey, uh, could I could I buy your ice cream? And they look at me like, no. I mean, this is what they no no no. You can't buy our ice cream. Uh-uh, uh-uh, no. And I'm like, please, you know, let me just buy your ice cream. And uh, so we went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and finally they gave in, and they let me buy their ice cream. Isn't that incredible? Here in the states, we're like, sure, absolutely, yeah. Uh, kids, come on in. No, you know. <laughs> They didn't want anything to do with it, but they finally, they finally gave in, and they, they let us buy their ice cream. So we walk out the door. We had a, a friend visiting us, and we walk out the door, and they go over to this store, and this couple is outside waiting for us, waiting for me. And I walk up, and the, the husband, he, he just walks up, and he says, he says, can I just ask you a question? I said, absolutely. He says, why did you buy that? Just like that. Like he was so blown away. He was so moved by buying an ice cream cone. And I think it was like 75 cents. So anyway, long story short, they invited us over for dinner when we come back. So we're, we're going to go have dinner. Pick us up a little card. A little ice cream. A little fill in the blank. And I just tell you, man, there are people waiting for us. They're waiting for us. They're all around. They're everywhere. They're, they're, they're just waiting. 
They're just waiting for us. Amen? Hey, if you have a Bible, open it to uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be there. And uh, when you preach with translators, you know, when you get an opportunity to come back and preach in your native tongue, I feel like a, a fire hydrant. <laughs> you know, I just want to, I have so many things I want to tell you, so many things. I have so many things I, I just so appreciated worship. Can I just say, man, it's so easy to take for granted worship in our own tongue. I mean, just the privilege to stand there and worship with you guys like that. Oh, I mean, I just couldn't control my emotions. So I, I could bounce around a little bit, and I'll try to not talk so fast, but I want to honor your time today, and I feel like I got a word from the Lord for you. Isn't that good? How many of you love this book? I mean, do you just love this book? I love this book. It's transformed my life. I love this book, too. Uh, and I just want to tell you real quick, just a little bit about it. It's just my story. I, I wrote it never with the intent to publish it. I wrote it for my boys because I never wanted them to forget and to always remember where they came from. And I was just going to give it to them. It took me eight years to write, largely because I was a habitual liar and a thief and a jerk. And when I began to pursue writing it, I began to, to realize that most of my life was a lie. <laughs> I was just really that good. I was that good of a liar. I actually believed it. So I had to begin to realize what was real and what wasn't. Well, can I just say, this thing is really cool. And the best part of it is it just, it just isn't my story coming to Jesus. It's my story which is with that little girl right there, which is the greatest gift I've ever been given on this side of heaven, is this little girl right here. She is like, man, she's it for me. <laughs> I am crazy in love. I chase her every chance I get. <laughs> but but I, I, I uh, can I just tell you a real quick, real quick story? Uh, this book, not translated yet, but this book has gone to over 22 nations. And the reason we can track it through Amazon, because you can get it on Amazon. But, I mean, God has just taken this dumb little book and turned around and made it incredible. Just this expression of hope to people. I've had emails after emails of people coming to Jesus. I've had, I had a guy who uh, was, a, was a closet drinker, al alcoholic, uh, elder in the church, living in the closet. Came out of the closet, confessed to his wife, because he just read this book. God will use anything. Can I just say to you, if you thought about writing a book, or you're thinking about writing a book, or you think you're not good enough to write a book, can I just tell you, write the book. Because what these are, I heard one, one guy say it, they're like time capsules for the generations that you and I will never meet. So start writing. Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, son, daughter. I think I covered everybody. So, oh, and, and real, real quick, I promise I will, I will shut up on this, but um, we have supporters that buy these books wherever we go. They ship them to the places where we speak and teach, and all the proceeds go to the projects that we're working on. We were able to vaccinate over 1,800 children, orphan kids in Cambodia because of this book, because of the proceeds. So all of it goes to whatever we're doing. And one of the things we're, we're working on, if you put that next picture up, uh, this is a, that's a, 
cute little girl in the middle there with her Polaroid camera. Because most of these orphan kids, these are Romanian orphans. They're uh, in a remote, um, a uh, gypsy village. And our goal, we work with, to see the guy in the hat in the middle, say yes if you do. So that's Istvan. He uh, was an orphan, grew up his whole life in a communist orphan home, which is basically like a prison. And him and his wife are just an incredible gift that God has given to us. And we are raising and training and, and, and developing them as leaders uh, because they have started a ministry where they care for, for Romanian, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Roma village orphans and then orphans across uh, certain sections of the country. And uh, because we believe, we believe, we believe in uh, indigenous workers. Because one day we're going to leave. Amen. But he ain't, because this is his home. This is where he's from, and this is what he does. And so we are partnering with them, and, and uh, they're, they're just amazing. Maybe next time we can, uh, I'll have them with us. But uh, anyway, we're going we're gonna to put coats and boots, because winters are really cold. That's what we're going to do. So that's what our, our, the proceeds are going to go to. Amen? Yeah, yeah. So we'll see you back there. Uh, Philippians chapter 4. You're already there, right? Philippians chapter 4. Lord, I just pray that you would just take these next few moments that we have and uh, just speak to us. Change our lives. Lord, may we never be the same because your word gets in us and changes us. In Jesus' name. Amen? One of the motivations of this message this morning that I want to share with you is when we first arrived in Cambodia, I think we'd been there two days. Oh, excuse me, Romania. Throwing our hearts. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. So two days. We'd arrived in Romania. We'd been there two days. And we went to this mall. Well, so there's cars everywhere, traffic. It's crazy. So we walk pretty much everywhere we go, unless we're driving uh, long distances. Uh, but we went, walked to this mall. It's a really big mall, really very contemporary. We walk in. And, and you need to know that, that Romanian culture they don't say hello, unless they know you. They don't say hello. They don't look at you when you're walking by, right? And there's me. <laughs> and so, like, I'm walking, I'm learning the language, and I'm like, Buddha you know? <laughs> That's hello. Good day. Uh, <laughs> but I walk into the mall, and I look down, and people are like this. They're just walking like this, and they're just, th- nobody's got a smile. And I felt like the, the, the Spirit of God just whispered to my heart and says, joy is going to change this nation. And I'm not talking about emotional joy. I'm talking about Holy Ghost, biblical living joy. Amen? Anybody here grateful for what Jesus has done for you? So, that's where this this motivation to share with you this morning came from. And I just believe, I, I have a question for you. I know November is Thanksgiving month. And it's where we post on all of our, you know, Twitters and Facebooks of what we're thankful for. But I just want to ask you, what would happen to this place if we chose to be a thankful people? If we chose to purposely change our mindsets and our attitudes when we saw ourselves looking down, being downcast, being negative, and we chose to be a thankful people, what would happen? change. When, when we were worshiping this morning, I, I felt like the Lord spoke to me about you, about you, that this is a church 
that is, is of, of the mindset of give and it shall be given. Press down, shaken together, running over till it be given to you. Because he can trust you, people. He can trust you. Because you just give it all away. Man, sitting here listening, I mean, I, I'm a part of a big church that probably doesn't do as much as you guys are doing. And I'm not saying that against my church. I'm just saying that there is so much opportunity for us. And when we choose to live a different mindset because of realizing what Jesus has done for us, it changes the ballgame. And so what I wanted to do is just so you don't think I'm just an emotional, excited preacher. I want to show you the Word and allow it to transform us because it changes us when we allow it to do that. So here we go. Ready? Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 6. Am I okay on time? What, how much time do I have? Three minutes? Okay. <laughs> verse 6, Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Does anybody know that verse? Verses. Does anybody just appreciate what it says? It's just, it, it changed my life. So, so what is he saying to us? He's telling us that we're to be anxious for nothing. I have a question. Is there anybody here that's anxious? And those of you that didn't raise your hand, the Lord's going to talk to you. <laughs> we all are anxious. I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care how, how, how good you got it or how great life is. We all have issues with being afraid, being anxious, anxiety. And I really believe that the Apostle Paul, listen, can I tell you, he's writing this in a prison to a group of leaders, to a church. And he's telling them, listen, don't be anxious about anything. But instead what? Pray about everything. Right? Am I right? So what does it mean to not pray or, or to not worry about nothing? Matthew 6, it's, it's not up here, but Matthew 6, 25 through 27. Just listen. Listen to these words. This is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or, or drink or enough clothes to wear. Is it life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And everybody said, no, it can't. I've tried. It doesn't work. But He's telling us to be anxious for nothing, but pray about everything. Isn't that amazing? So, be anxious for nothing, extreme. Pray about everything. Extreme. Right? And here's the thing. When I, when I first became a Christian, I, I, my, the person who was mentoring me made me memorize Scripture. And it, it, it was life-altering. And I memorized the Scripture, but I remember going through this verse and just flying through. Right? Be anxious for nothing, pray about everything. Right? And the peace of God. And the thing that I missed was this little word. Right? It's called Thanksgiving. 
Look, in, look at the verse. He says, he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. What? With thanksgiving. Right? Let your request be made known unto God. With thanksgiving. Here's, here's what I believe. Just, just this, this little ingredient that, that I believe God is just saying to us. That as we come before him, as we enter into our days, as we do the things that we do, that not only do we choose to, to push anxiety aside, but we begin to pray, but we pray with a, a position and a place of thanksgiving. That we begin to thank him for what he's done. That you, you may be sitting here and you may be, you may be walking through one of the most difficult times of your life. I just, I just did a memorial last Sunday for uh, one, of our, one of our dear closest friends who was diagnosed three months before with a brain tumor, who died three months later. What gives? But can I tell you what? Jesus showed up at this memorial service and just unleashed it. Why? Why? Because, because, because of her position. Listen, she, she would say to him constantly, she would say, hey, listen, if, if I get healed, I win. If I, go, if I go to heaven, I win. What a concept. Now, am I saying that we, we want people to die? No, 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 that's what I'm saying. Do we quit praying for healings here and now? No, not at all. But just the perspective of having a grateful heart. Can I, can I read this to you? I, I think I put this on the, on the slide. But I, I, this, is, this is what I, I wrote. Thanksgiving is the prelude to power. And I'm going to show you this. I looked up prelude, uh, introduction, the start or the beginning, the forerunner, and I love this, the curtain raiser. Thanksgiving is the prelude, I believe, to the supernatural being released in our lives. I, I really do. And, and I say that partially because when I don't live a life of thanksgiving, things don't, don't really go very well. But when I do, things are so different. And I'm not talking about an emotional state. I'm talking about a position that we choose to live our lives as born-again, spirit-filled believers. Can I just tell you, the world is looking for real. They're looking for it. Being happy is an emotion. Being thankful is a decision. Because we can be happy. We can turn it on, and we can turn it off. Right, baby? <laughs> but being thankful is a decision. If you, if you can, real quick, just turn to Luke, uh, uh, Luke chapter 6, real quick. I just want to show this to us, and I want us to see it in the Scripture. Because I think it, it, it does something. And, and as you turn there, I just, if, if you get a chance, just read the Gospels and look at Jesus' position on being a thankful person. Not, not a thankful God, but a thankful person. I mean, you know, Luke 22, I think it's Luke twenty two nineteen, 19, right, that we just heard or, or read the, the Lord's Supper. What did he do as he was getting ready to what? Go lay his life down for us. What did he do? 
He took, the, he took the bread and he took the cup and he gave thanks. Talk about an example. And I, I just want you to see this in, uh, in, in John chapter 6. This is, this is Jesus feeding the 5,000. Anybody love this story? I love this story. I, there's so much here and it's so fun. Because you know what he does is he engages these guys. They're, they're, and who knows how many people are around them because it, it says there's a, a large crowd. And he, he basically says, hey, uh, guys, we, we should feed them, you know. So he engages them, gets them in a conversation, and starts talking to them. And he says, hey, so where should we get the food? Already knowing what he's going to do. And so he immediately engages these people. Aren't you grateful that Jesus wants to engage us? He wants us to be a part of the conversation. He wants to be a part of the story that's being written about our life. <laughs> and so he engages them, and he says, hey, uh, what do we got? You know, and, and you can see here, uh, uh, where is it? Uh, he, he says to Philip, he said, uh, in, uh, look at verse 6, he said, he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. So Philip answered him, he says, he says, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, and Simon Peter's brother said to him, hey, there's a boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. I don't know about you, but if I was doing the math and looking at the crowd, I would think something's not working here. You agree? And I know I'm being facetious, but I mean, right? It's just not working. But here's the thing. Look at uh, verse 11. Look at verse 10. Jesus said, have the people sit down. In other words, hey guys, buckle up. Because I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something. So he says, uh, he, he says, uh, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the plain. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number, and Jesus took the loaves, and what did he do? It says, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were, who were seated. So also the fish as much as they wanted, and when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftovers. I'm telling you, man, Here's Jesus modeling for you and me. That when we come before, whatever it is we're doing, whether it's having a, a dinner or a family gathering, or I mean, whatever it is we're doing, man, getting in the car to drive, I mean, wherever we are, whatever it is we're doing, he models for us that we are to give thanks. And then what happens? The bread and the fish in this case. When, when, when we tap into this, this gift called Thanksgiving, I believe that it releases the supernatural work of God in places that we never thought possible. In our kids, in our marriages, in our church, in our communities, where it releases something that's beyond you and me that God wants to use to pour out. Listen, faith is released through thanksgiving. Anxiety and fear is re released through complaining. 
faith is released through thanksgiving. It's a supernatural work. But anxiety and fear is released through complaining. I mean, just think about that. Just be honest with yourself. When was the last time you complained? Besides today. (laughs) When was the last time you complained? And think about how it makes you feel. Think about how it makes other people feel. Now, am I telling us to be just like, you know, super man and woman positive? You know, like, you know, we have to be positive about everything? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Why not? Does it mean we don't tell the truth? Not at all. But I believe, man, if we begin to change our mindset and our lenses and we begin to see things differently, like, like Jesus does, I'm, I believe it will release supernatural working power in our lives. John 11, you don't have to turn there, but this is, this is just amazing. Where, where Jesus is, is with uh, Mary and Martha, and you know the story, uh, um, Lazarus has died. And in in, in verse 41 and 42, it says this. It says, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, thank you. Can I just just commit something to you? Would it be that we would start our prayers that way? And you probably do already. But maybe, maybe just thinking more intentionally, more purposefully, that when we begin to invite God into our our prayer time, that we begin to invite him into our daily life and living. That we would start by saying, Father, thank you. And what happened? The stone was rolled and he called forth. And what happened? The dead was raised. Can I just, can I just say this again? I believe that Thanksgiving is the curtain raiser to the supernatural work of God. And I believe when we live our lives that way, I'm telling you, the things around us change. And if you're, and listen to me, if you're hurting and you're struggling and this is a hard pill to swallow, can I just, can I just encourage you? Don't you quit. Don't you give up. Don't you stop. I, I'm, I'm leaving and I'm going to be gone. But man, this word remains forever. And if you'll allow it to get inside of you and, and transform you and your thinking, I'm almost done. But, but let me say this. I, I am such a practical dude. Just ask my wife. I, this, is, this is how I like to translate that. I'm a yes, but how? In other words, I've shared this with you. But what are some things we could do? Glad you asked. I, I just want to give you a couple things that I, I feel like that, that we have made a part of our life that we're trying and working towards every day. How many know this is a daily thing? Uh, and listen, if you have any doubts, just talk to her. Because she'll tell you the truth. She's a truth teller, and she will tell you, because she tells me the truth all the time. <laughs> right, guys? So here's here's... Thanksgiving related to our relationship to God. The first thing is this. Give thanks out of simple obedience. Don't overthink it. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Therefore, by Him, capital H, let us continually, everybody say continually, offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips. What? Giving thanks to His name. Simple obedience. What is 1 Thessalonians, uh, I think it's 15, 16, 17, and 18. It says rejoice always. 
uh, give thanks in all things. What? For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Yes? It's the word of God. It's his, the word speaking to us. <clears throat> so give thanks out of simple obedience. The second thing, here's the second thing. You ready? I know you guys are all writing this down. The second thing is give thanks repeatedly. Over and 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 over again. Thank you, Lord. 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 Write a rap song. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Write a hymn. Thank you, Lord. 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 Some of the most darkest moments of my life. Those words would come out. Lord, I can't see. But I thank you for knowing you. Thank you, Lord. Do it over and over. Over and over and over. And the other thing is, get creative. <laughs> Expand your thanksgiving. Remember, any, anybody here remember what Jesus delivered you from? Does anybody? There's one. Two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, I know. Some of you want to slap me, I'm sure. But man, every one of us, if you are a born again believer, and even if you're not, can I tell you? He has done so much for you. And and if you're not, and you're here and you're searching, come find me. Because I just want to tell you what he's done. Yeah? But expand our Thanksgiving. Get creative. Something that I, I've really tried to do every year of my Christian life is write a love letter, a thank you letter to Jesus at the end of the year. Just to thank him. Just to remember. Yeah? Well, that's really good, Tim. That's creative. Why not? Write in your journal. I mean, just be creative. Expand your Thanksgiving. And then here's the last, the last piece. Thanksgiving related to people. Related to people. Expect nothing. The Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom to many. Yeah? Expect nothing in return. Nothing. You can, you can find this story in my book, but my, my mom left my dad. They were prominent people in this little town in New Mexico. My dad was a golf coach in New Mexico State for 35 years. And my mom left my dad for another woman. And I was five. And I just, I, long story, I hated my mom. I hated her. But God. God showed up in my life. She became one of my best friends. 
she didn't she didn't leave her lifestyle but she became one of my best friends and and I pursued this woman because she felt like she had destroyed my life because she never felt like she was worthy enough to receive my forgiveness. And I could tell you so many incredible stories of this right here. It's like nothing. Sometimes people just have no idea how to respond. And if we can purpose to be a people of thanksgiving where we are a thankful person, we don't need a lot of it. Now, we need to encourage one another, Amen. Do me a favor. Just turn to, turn to the person you're with and just look in their eyes and just say thank you. Yeah, don't leave anybody out. Thank you. <coughs> but expect nothing. Here's the second thing. Appreciate everything. Appreciate everything. What do I mean by that? I mean, appreciate everything. <laughs> I mean, the littlest things. Absolutely. The littlest things. The littlest people. Waiters and waitresses. They're like my favorite. Because people just treat them like dirt. In, in, in Romania, it's horrific. So you talk about standing out. I mean, I'm saying thank you. And they're like, <coughs> you know, <laughs> they just drop. You know. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. It's crazy. But it's such a cool, it's so much fun. Huh? Just have fun. But, but looking for the little things, man. Can I just tell you, how about this? How about a bad day? Can I tell you, listen, if you, if you know Jesus, a bad day, it's always better with Jesus. Can you imagine having a bad day without him? <laughs> right? Is that kind of, is that ridiculous or is that good? I think that's good. Uh, the mailman, right? As long as they're around. Yeah? My, my, my sister is a postmaster in Louisiana. And she just thinks she has the greatest job on the planet. And so you know what she does? She, she, she just thanks people. She just appreciates people that come into her post office. Because she still has a job and she still has a post office. But I mean, just there are people all around us, you guys. Think about it. The teachers, the teachers that teach your kids. Sometimes some of the most unappreciated people on the planet. My wife and I, you know what we we do when our kids were little? We would write letters to say thank you at the beginning of the year. They had not done what? Anything yet. I'll never forget our, our, our baby boy's first grade teacher had been teaching for 28 years. And she said, I have never received a card at the beginning of the year. Never. Yeah, Tim, but you just have the gift of, you know, being thankful. No, I don't. I've been working at it for 33 years. Because I want to be. You know why? Because this book tells me that when thankfulness comes out of our life, the supernatural is released. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm almost done. Here's the one thing I do know is that the opposite, an ungrateful heart, ungratefulness, it'll kill your life. It's like, it, it's like a plague. It'll destroy a marriage. It'll destroy children. Un. 
great things in life. Business, employees. I mean, just fill in the blank. So what do I do? Gratitude. Listen, gratitude in our home will change the atmosphere of our family. Am I right? And the reason I say that to her is not because I got it right so well. It's because when I wasn't, or when we weren't, it was bad. <laughs> Can anybody, like, testify to that? Yes. So what do you do? I'll tell you what you do. You repent now. Well, you have no idea what they did. No, you're right, I don't. But that doesn't stop you. You don't understand how they treat me. You're right, I don't. But that doesn't stop you. And I know it doesn't, it doesn't make it easy if you're struggling, especially in relationships. But I tell you what, it, the thing I'm, I've learned is that when you have a negative and a negative, you have a negative. But when you have a negative and a positive, at least you have an opportunity. And then when you get a positive and a positive, you know what you get? You get power. You get power. So, I'm done. And, it, and, and I, I, I want to say this to you, church. I, I believe you get this, and I believe you're living it. But I believe that maybe there's just a little, you know, kind of, you know what I'm talking about? You know, where we just kind of get in line. Because I believe that what, what the Lord wants to do through this, this people if I told you, you wouldn't believe me. And I believe it's far greater than any of us can imagine. And I'm not saying this because I'm a missionary and I'm on the other side of the world and I'm leaving and I really want to encourage you. I really want to encourage you. But I believe, I believe that when we become a faithful people, God's supernatural working power is released. And you know where it starts? It starts in our homes, in our relationships. And you know where that spills out to? To our schools, to our communities, to our workplaces and the things that we do. And it transforms people. Now I'm done. So, can I pray? Yeah. Can I pray? <laughs> Lord, I just thank you so much for the privilege to be here. Uh, and Lord, I, I just, I love this place. I love these people. I'm so grateful that, Lord, you, you gave us the privilege and honor to be here. And I just pray for Dan and Mary. I pray, I thank you so much for these, these shepherds and these leaders. And I just pray you would bless and strengthen and encourage them. Bless their babies. Bless their future babies, Lord. Generations to come. I pray for families here, Lord. I just ask that you would pour out your spirit upon marriages and relationships. God, I just thank you for wayward kids to come home. I thank you, God, for kids who have been trained and equipped are being released to the world to transform their communities, Lord, because of what have been deposited into their lives. Lord, may we never, ever be the same. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. Lord, may we never lose sight of what you did. Your simple obedience to offer yourself up with thanksgiving. Love you. We bless your name.
take it to who you are. In Jesus' name.